Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ascent Conversations podcast. My name is Mark, joined by the lovely and amazing Roberta. Hello. And today we are joined by one of my, one of our really good friends, Pastor Emilio. What up? Good to hear, be here with you guys. <laughs> hear you, good I don't know, good you. to hear you guys. Uh, so we're really excited for Emilio to be with us. Just a, a good friend, mm-hmm. uh, awesome human, amazing pastor, youth pastor wow. at Very Oasis well Church. Very well read. How Smart many books guy. are you reading right now, Emilio? Uh, goal is to read 52 books this year. Crazy. And so far this year, you've read I mean, like 26. 26. Yeah, because yeah, like it's halfway, halfway through, through the year. The year. A book a week. Yeah. Um, what's your Instagram? Because you review these books, right? It's true. I'm at at el underscore milio m-i-l-i-o and you can uh, check out all my reviews on yeah. instagram tv yeah i love i love the book reviews they're amazing mm-hmm. um but anyways today we wanted to have a conversation about uh i, I don't know how else to describe it so i'm calling it polarization culture hmm. and it's this idea that's very prevalent in our society right mm-hmm. now uh we all have you know, had experiences in it, we've participated in it, it's just everywhere. And it's this idea that on every single issue, on every single matter, you have to land on one side or the Mm -hmm. other. Right, so politics, you're either conservative or you're liberal. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to issues of abortion, you're either pro-choice or you're Mm -hmm. pro-life. So just, and whatever issue you can think of, uh, Ford or Chevy, it's like you have to be one or the Mm -hmm. other. It's just so prevalent in our, Mac or PC iPhone or Android. It's like you're one or the other. You can't, there's no one is allowed to say, well, I kind of like this about Mac and I like this about, it's like, no, you have to pick a side. Mm. So we want to talk about that. Um, it exists in so many different spheres of life, politics, and, and just it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so as a follower of Jesus, how do you actually walk this out? Mm-hmm. How do you navigate this? Because I think many people kind of, we get caught up in it too. And we just, we pick a side. We're worried about we being get, offensive. We're, yeah, we're worried mm-hmm. about being offensive. We'll align with certain sides, even if we disagree, just because mm-hmm we don't want to argue or we just ignore these issues completely and we won't even go near them Mm. and so we'll get into this more but we kind of believe in this idea um a lot of people would call it the third way or the jesus way and and it's this idea of like walking in the middle Mm -hmm. and and so in a polarized culture how do you kind of how do you how do you navigate through that how Mm -hmm. do you how do you be honest to yourself as a follower of jesus how do you be true to what you think god is calling you to do Mm -hmm. um and just really get through this polarization culture and so we're going to talk a little bit about politics Mm -hmm. i think we'll start off with that actually because um we're entering into a season where uh we're going to see lots of ads on tv about how this person isn't ready and this person is awful yeah you you get your text messages from uh (laughs) From Sarah. Sarah. Um, <laughs> just random Sarah. Yeah, Is that Sarah, what you're getting? It says yeah. Sarah from the Conservative Party. Are you oh, voting conservative? Yes or so, no? So like it's it's beginning. We have an election, a federal election mm-hmm. in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe Emilio, we can we can jump in and, and you can just share some thoughts. As we enter into this election season, people are going to be talking, mm-hmm. posting on Facebook, Instagram, asking <laughs> questions. How are you planning? How have you in the past? How do you navigate through this? Because obviously you have your views. Mm-hmm. You have your opinions. Um yeah, let's just talk about it. Yeah, I think the question of polarization culture is really interesting. And mm-hmm. I, I think we really have to take a kind of like a bird's eye view of the situation first and mm-hmm. really recognize why we are where we are. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. where we are right now is not where we have always been. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we can think that this is the way it's always been, yeah. especially for younger people who are growing up in an age that yeah. it's all only ever been like this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or... Uh, they started paying attention like five years ago, say you're 24, like I am, 
you really don't start paying attention to politics or yeah. anything until you have to start paying taxes. Yeah. So you're 18. <laughs> so you have five years of paying attention. So you have maxed two pre two um two premiers, two prime ministers. You're yeah. still trying to figure out like just the basics. And so mm-hmm. you really only have one go at this, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you're actually paying attention and thinking about it. And that's if you are paying attention. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just somebody who's just consuming and like mm-hmm. letting ideas float past you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the one essential thing to understand before we even dive into the conversation is that we're in a space and a season where it's very in vogue to identify people based on their group identification yeah right so yeah yeah, exactly so yeah sure like an idea of tribe so it's kind of like this idea of um essentially digital tribalism okay is is this concept Mm -hmm. right it's that um so the march of human society kind of goes from uh individual to tribe Mm -hmm. so like family to tribe and then from tribe to nation right or city to nation Mm kind of depends how much you want to break it apart but then from nation to empire Right. Mm -hmm. And so you see this kind of peak of empire. Right. But then after empire, empires are always destroyed by barbarians at the gates. And that's what we see throughout history. Mm -hmm. Right. The Roman Empire destroyed by these vandals and and, and Visigoths coming in, destroying the empire. Right. And then it, it goes back down from empire to tribe to family again, and then it builds back up. So then now we're at a valley, right? So that's kind of the trend of history, going Mm. from Mm. family to empire, then empire back down. And in the middle section, there's tribe, right? So what we're at right now is in our historical moment, we're really seeing the fall or the exile from an empire, right? Politically, and this isn't even like spiritually, right? This is a, maybe it has some spiritual implications. I haven't thought about it too much. But politically, we're really seeing um, many people reject the idea of empire, the idea that the West could have an empire over the world and that mm. other people should be like the West. Mm. It's much more like, oh no, you do your thing and you do your thing. Yeah. And so what that means is the exile from empire means we become tribal. Mm. And this is uh, ex- like, it's um, it's highlighted because of the internet, right? Yeah. You can find anybody in the entire world who oh, shares your ideas yeah. <laughs> anywhere. You can find a community for any niche thing mm-hmm. anywhere yeah. on Reddit, right? Yeah. Um, Reddit, so, shout out. Legit. But yeah, so you don't even, in the past, your tribe were the people you were physically beside. Right. But now you can be connected to anybody at any time, but it's an, like it's an intellectual connection, right? Right. So I believe the same thing as you. So what we've done is we've we've grouped people into not what they look like. Sometimes it's what they look like, but more often than not, it's their ideas because mm-hmm. that's the connecting fiber, right? Yeah. Because online you can be anonymous, but the thing that's not anonymous is what you believe. The ideas, right? right? Yeah. And so with all of that, we've started to look at people and we've kind of started dividing based on group identity, mm-hmm. and it's less about individuals, less about what. Roberta believes is an individual or what Mark believes is an individual. It's more like who you are as like what group you're a part of. Mm. Right. So you, Mm -hmm. you see this split all the time. You even alluded to some of them. Like, are you a conservative or a liberal? You can't even be friends if you're different. That's the crazy thing. It's like a liberal and a conservative. They can't even be in the same room sometimes (laughs) when they've said it out loud, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And that's, I, I, Sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but like I think that's the difficulty is like there's no there's no collaboration, there's no unity, there's no togetherness in that diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but- and one of the things that's really important to understand is that that is a that is a fake, and it's a manufactured um, difference. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a purely manufactured difference. Yeah. Like, um, it's something that we tell ourselves, right? And it's not real. 
Hmm. Um, especially in Canada. Like you think about the idea. Here's a good example. The idea of polarization mm-hmm. uh, politically in Canada is silly, hmm. right? Because in the States you have a bipartisan system. You have your Republicans and your Democrats, right? You have mm-hmm. your, your right and your left, mm-hmm. right? Very easy. You can identify just two options, okay? Right. Um, that's not the case in Canada. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, if you say you're a conservative or a liberal, well, first of all, you don't know how to what politics is like, right? Like if you say, oh, I'm left or whatever. Well, in Canada, liberals are really, really, are, are really, if we're honest, a middle of the pack party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And conservatives yeah. in Canada are closer to Democrats in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like that, like <laughs> if we honestly look at our politics american conservatives are way more right than canadian conservatives Mm -hmm. because our whole country has shifted left right not just that but there's not just two parties right Mm -hmm. like there's not even just two major parties Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um we have our conservatives which are traditionally more right our liberals which is really a moderate party then our ndps Mm -hmm. which is what we're now we're really talking left Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. on the on the traditional political spectrum and then even past that we have more extremes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so it is really interesting to think about it as like, like oh, I can't be friends with the liberal. Well, you might not even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? Um, especially in Canada. And you just see an Instagram post and you're like, well, I agree with that. And then you think you're on that side. And then there's all this dirt singing on. Don't argue on Instagram, first or of all. Facebook. <laughs> or online. Yeah. Have conversations face to face. Exactly. No, I think it's like interesting how you're describing that. So what do you kind of mean more like the identity? Because mm-hmm. I was hearing something from Mark Pettis. Mark Pettis. Mark yeah. Pettis. Church of the Highlands. Right. In Alabama. So he was saying Gen Z. So that would be the generation 93, 94. No, 96. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's always different. 96, right? Everyone, 97. Yeah. Everyone cites it different. But they're basically. To now. To now. Well, yeah. And what he would say about this generation is that their ideas, so their political views, um, their stance on abortion, anything like that actually is very tied to who they are. Mm. So if you disagree with them, it's not just disagreeing, it's actually insulting their identity. Mm. You've hurt their feelings. So have you noticed that with students being a youth pastor? Mm. Have you seen that? Honestly, yeah. Like I I hear that quote and I I don't know if I can agree. Like Mm. um, mainly because I find that students are much more if you have relationship, mm-hmm. students are way more open to a conversation mm-hmm. and students are way open to having their ideas change, right? There's always specific people who aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just ideas change in the sense that like, oh, I'm trying to change your ideas, yeah. but open to being wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think that phenomenon you're explaining is real, but I don't think it is explicitly for a certain generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually just a cultural phenomenon we're seeing at every level, mm-hmm. right? And the and it's and it's a consequence of mm-hmm. tribalization, right. right? Because tribalization forces you to go deeper into your groups, mm-hmm. right? Because empire, with all its flaws, right, mm-hmm. uh, as we've seen over the past hundred years, um, the one thing it does is it unites people who are different, mm-hmm. right? Um, historically, the Roman Empire was the most cosmopolitan empire and the most peaceful empire within the borders, mm. right? In the West, too, like if we take a, a modern example, the Western whatever empire, whatever the Western world, contained more differences in it mm-hmm. in a safe, peaceful environment than there were out of it, yeah. right? But the exile from empire actually reduces diversity and says you are just going to be with people who are like you. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to do that, it actually forces us to dig in our heels mm-hmm. and say, I'm really part of this group. 
Mm. And I'm really part of this group. And what we know about tribalism is that tribalism, even in a sociological sense, is more violent. Mm. Is more violent Mm. because you have to fight to survive. Because all of a sudden you don't have the peace of working together because an empire needs... Uh, I need you in an Mm -hmm. empire. I need you to get your stuff from there and me to get my stuff there. And there's Mm -hmm. commerce and there's trade. Mm -hmm. And even on an economic level, empires have peace Mm -hmm. because of connection, right? Right. And diversity. And I need what you offer. But a tribe doesn't have that same need to be friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. Right? And um, so, yeah, I I see the digging in of, you said they dig in their Mm -hmm. heels. That makes so much sense. We're seeing that. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like people dig in their heels because if they don't, because the tribe is built around an idea, it's Mm -hmm. built around something common. Mm -hmm. Um, If you all of a sudden don't share that idea or have that value or that bent towards whatever the tribe has Mm -hmm. rallied around, then you have no tribe. And you get kicked out of the tribe. That's the the interesting part, right? So because tribes are stronger when they're radical and when they're smaller. Hmm. right tribes don't like and we know the sociological but we're applying this metaphorically right um tribes don't like when there's weak links Hmm. right because a weak link brings down the tribe yeah Mm -hmm. and and when you're a tribe you have to be vicious because what do tribes do historically they made their money by raiding Hmm. and and taking from other things right and fighting so if you're a weak link in the tribe or you're seen as weak there's a high chance you get kicked out of the tribe. Hmm. So the response is, I'm gonna, so the incentive is to dig in your heels and say, no, 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 I'm really, really, really in this tribe. And to go more and more extreme and. Yeah. Exactly. It was interesting because Erwin McManus is a pastor in Mosaic Mm -hmm. in LA. LA. And he was saying how the conservatives hate him and the liberals hate him Mm -hmm. because he refuses to take a stance on most, Mm -hmm. like not in a bad way, but he's just kind of willing to sit in that middle. So he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to affirm or deny this. I'm just going to say I love people. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would say that's a positive way to respond, Mm -hmm. to just like listen to people. It's not that you don't call out or correct or have Mm -hmm. stances, but you're not willing to go so extreme on one end or the other. And it seems to offend people mm-hmm. when you can't be on either extreme, like when you sit in the middle. Yeah, what do you think that is? Like when people who do want to just kind of sit in that mis- yeah. middle, even though it's really hard to like be there because you, you get and I, misunderstood. all three of us would say in certain areas, mm-hmm. we sit in the middle. Yeah, totally. And, and we were okay being misunderstood mm-hmm. and, and people targeting and pointing and all of that stuff. But how do you, how do you, um, what was my question? I already asked it. Am I, I just blanked. You were asking like why why is it that people oh, yes. are yeah. mad at why those in the do middle? yeah mm-hmm. why do people get why do you think and maybe you don't have an answer for this but why do you think people kind of get upset when people mm-hmm. are in the middle I think it's cuz a tribe needs an enemy mm-hmm. and that's essential like because you can't identify yourself as for something in a tribal world unless you're against something else do mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah that so makes so much sense. you have to you have to dislike anything that is disagreeing with you mm-hmm. right no, I want to kind of take that idea from like a metaphorical idea to a to a practical level. Right. I, I really think, um, so this is really interesting because Jesus, when he's on earth, I don't, churches kind of use this, this language of tribe sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's negative. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think we understand how the metaphors we use um, impact how we view God mm-hmm. and how we view, how we view the world. Right. Yeah, for sure. but, so think about this. If a church, like I grew up in a church tradition that's very much like our tribe, our tribe, our tribe, our tribe. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden 
I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, well, practically, A, we don't hang out with anybody else. Mm. B, we actually have a sense of elitism mm. in my tradition because of our theological beliefs or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and we don't even want to have conversation with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's a relatively innocuous thing that I didn't even realize was happening until I, got, I, I kind of stepped away from yeah. it. I was like, whoa, that was incredibly, that was a tribe, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and what's crazy is that Jesus, when he's on earth, he doesn't come to build a tribe. Jesus's main metaphor when he's preaching, it says that he, Jesus came to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say, I come to proclaim the good news of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't come to do that. He comes to build a kingdom. An empire. Well, exactly. Yeah. Jesus comes to build an empire. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what's crazy. Jesus says, hey, you and you, even though you're completely different, mm-hmm. you're all invited into the empire Mm -hmm. but in the empire that jesus comes to create and that's he says it so much just read the gospels Mm -hmm. and highlight every time he says kingdom of heaven or kingdom of god Mm -hmm. he doesn't say church he says church twice Mm -hmm. what he's purely talking about is a is like an m is is a spiritual empire on earth Mm -hmm. that we are all a part of and it encompasses so many people and so like take that metaphor of empire right empires they, they have peace within the walls, right? Mm-hmm. But in the empire that Jesus comes to build, that peace isn't kept, kept by armies keeping out hostile invaders, but that peace is kept by God, mm. who's protecting his people mm. and fighting for his people as a mm. mighty warrior, right? Yeah. So it's this really cool idea. And so now then you think, well, why is it that people, that if a Christian, say, chooses a middle way and says, I don't want to be in this tribe, I don't want to be in this tribe, mm-hmm. I'm actually attached primarily to the empire of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I'm actually attached, my primary allegiances are to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God and this way of living, mm-hmm. then obviously you're going to offend people. Because mm-hmm. what do tribes hate? Empires, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and I think that's actually a, a pastoral challenge of our day. Because as we're moving to this tribal setting and this, like we talked about at the beginning, polarization, mm-hmm. then the idea of empire isn't appealing. Yeah. So how do you preach? So now maybe there's a question for you guys. Like, how do you preach? Like, if Jesus came to preach a kingdom of heaven and Jesus came to proclaim mm-hmm. an empire, then how do you replicate that preaching and communicate that to people who primarily want to be tribal? Mm. We want you to pick a side, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Jesus, everyone wanted him to pick a side. Everyone mm. wanted, they had these expectations of him. They wanted him to do certain things based on what they thought he should do. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Jesus was totally, totally okay. He was so confident in his calling and mm-hmm. what the will of the Father was for him to do that he was fine if people walked away. Mm-hmm. He was fine if people misunderstood. He would preach or a word and even. people, yeah, he would offend people. They would walk away. He would say, here's here's what you got to do if you want to follow me. And they're like, nope, peace out, bye. They mm-hmm. like, and, and so I think even just as as preachers, as, as Christians, who preachers in the sense of like anyone proclaiming the gospel and that literally could mean people preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as people following Jesus, like, are you okay in that place where people, because it will put a target on your back. Yeah. Yeah. People will notice you. That's the thing. Like, if you don't look like the world, you're going to stand out and all eyes will be on you. Totally. Right? So are you okay with that? I think that's so key. Just mm-hmm. like, are you fine with some someone posting something negative on your Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> are you fine with the people at work not wanting to talk to you? Because the last time they talked to you, you wouldn't align with one of their positions. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's the first 
first step. And then once you do that, once you're okay with being misunderstood for people to see that you're happy, Mm -hmm. that you're able to love all people, that all people like love you, Mm -hmm. people are going to look in and be like, oh, maybe there's actually something greater. Maybe there's a principle here. Maybe there's actually beauty in diversity. And how is it that, you know, Pastor Emilio is friends with this person on this side and this person on this side. (laughs) And he actually had both of them over at his house last Mm -hmm. night and they were playing I don't know. They were hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> playing, playing whatever. Settlers yeah. of Catan. <laughs> Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. Uh, I'm I not guess. a board game person. <laughs> That's I guess the game you thought of for him. I don't know. That's what I thought of. Very good. Emilio sitting and collecting no, wheat and bricks. Very good. I love it. Well, Roberta, I'd love to hear your thoughts, right? Because you actively get to work in a yeah. non-Christian environment, right? Mark and I both work at churches. Yeah. And uh, we get very we're very surrounded by the same yeah. people yeah. and the same views, right? But, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I think the biggest thing is I've always tried to be truthful. Like I've always wanted to say, yeah, this is where I'm coming from. But I love to ask people questions first. Mm. Before I'll even say an opinion, like people will be like, oh, usually when I say I'm a pastor's wife, they're like, oh, the church, blah, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. You know, like yeah, they've all sure. had their own experience. Unfortunately, a lot of negative. And so they kind of say that. I just like to take time, ask some questions. Okay, so you, and they'll, they'll usually pin me in a corner and say, okay, well, tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. Like, if this person showed up at your church, what would you do? And I'm like, love them. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd be happy if you'd come to church too. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be great. So I think I'm just willing to, it's so interesting when you speak full truth and full grace, like we talk about that in church, mm-hmm. but when you're loving to people, but you also be like, yeah, this is what I believe. Also though, I don't hold people to that standard if they don't follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I can say to them like, yeah, this is something I believe and I follow because I've devoted my life to Jesus. I'm not asking you to do that though, because you haven't. Mm-hmm. And it's freeing for them to be like, okay. And they'll ask more questions. They'll come to church with me because then they're more like, okay, she's not asking me to be like this. Mm-hmm. And, but they're more willing to ask, answer questions and ask questions in that way. So it's different when you're, yeah, I just don't hold people to standards Mm -hmm. they never have asked to be held to. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable for a lot of Christians. (laughs) I honestly think, I think that's like, I think that's the right model. Like, right. That's Mm -hmm. the right way to walk out the middle way. One of the things like my, uh, my senior pastor always says is he, um, I absolutely love this. He's like, when we do church, we don't want, like, we only want Jesus to be a stumbling block. Mm-hmm. We don't want our actions to be a stumbling right. block. We don't want our, like, the words we even say when we host to mm-hmm. be a stumbling block. We mm-hmm. don't want our parking lot to be a stumbling block. Yeah, we don't want, yeah, honestly, like, we don't want people to write off what we're saying right. until they have to face the G- the Jesus yeah. moment, yeah. right? Mm. And if they say no to Jesus, that's okay. People yeah. say no to Jesus in the Bible, yeah. right? But I don't want them to say no to me first, right? right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to do something to offend somebody mm-hmm. until the gospel offends them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And uh, and I think that there, and I love that because I think it, there's a practical application. So that's a church example, but like mm-hmm. a practical application for our lives. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like I personally don't want, I don't, I don't want someone to stop at me right. and be like, well, I, I can't even get past mm-hmm. Emilio. I can't even get past Emilio's views on whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? I want them to, when they see Jesus, to, mm-hmm then they can make the decision. Right. You know what I mean? But, and I think this is a problem for how we talk about churches and again, not calling anybody out, but I think a lot of churches and a lot of Christians, we put certain things in the wrong priority. Yes. And we stake our claim on the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's the thing. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> thing, but they're not things, they're not Jesus things. Right. Yeah. They're things that are, that in some interpretations can look like they line up with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that is there are things 
on both sides, on the right and the left, mm-hmm. of everything right. that looks like it could align with Jesus. Yeah. Totally. And some churches choose this thing is going to be the thing oh. that it, that we're going to preach about. But right. it's like, oh, hold up. You're actually stopping them from seeing Jesus. Right. And they're getting offended. Some people will agree with you, correct. Yeah. But half of the, let's say half. Let's say half yeah. of the polarization, right? Half of the people will, will stop at your politics. Mm-hmm. And they won't even get to see Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to monopolize too much time here, no. but I really love the story in, in Luke chapter 18 of Zacchaeus. Um, so, so this story, Zacchaeus goes into Jericho and this, there's this guy who, because of his, his group as a tax collector, he's outed mm-hmm. from the community, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very much this kind of tribal sense. It's like, we're Jewish people who are proper and we believe the right things. And you're a tax collector. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you're out. Mm-hmm. Right? People would say tax collectors, right? Like that it was a group, yeah. right? right? Um, and what happens is so Jesus walking into Jericho, Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus, but the Bible says that Zacchaeus actually can't see Jesus because of the crowd. And then we often skip over that and talk about Jesus Zacchaeus climbed a tree and Zacchaeus sees it. It's <laughs> great. But what I think is really crazy about that story is that who's the crowd in this story? Mm. Who's the crowd that's trying mm. to see Jesus? And is actually getting in the way of Zacchaeus. Hmm. I think the application is that the crowd is us. Yeah. The crowd oh. is the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like sometimes in the story we're Zacchaeus, but if we're we go to church and we're we're like, oh Jesus, you're so great. We want to yeah, be close you're to the Jesus. crowd now. We're actually the crowd now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we're actually in the way of somebody who's on our who's not in our in-group yeah. from seeing who Jesus is. Yeah. And I never want to be in that spot. Yeah. No, and I think sometimes you speak, you know, specifically Christians. This is, and we're not bashing Christians because mm-hmm. we all we are all Christians. Christians. Yeah. Like yeah. we love Christians. Yeah. But I think sometimes we get so worried that if we don't tell people this thing, if we don't tell them this is a sin, or we don't say that this is wrong, we're like disservicing God. Mm-hmm. Like we feel this responsibility. And I think if anyone's listening, take that off of you. Mm-hmm. God has not called you to call out the sin in every single person. Yeah. <laughs> like the Holy Spirit will do that. If you have really close friends who've invited you into that, that's different. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to call people out all the time. Like let them just, yeah, like you said, Jesus will do his work. Mm-hmm. You just need to get them there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not to trick people, obviously. Yeah, yeah, We're not saying yeah. that like, oh, come and there's candy and you don't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. But yeah, like it's that grace and truth. Yeah, and the mandate is the gospel. Yeah. Which I think is connects to what you were saying. It, it requires, if we want to be in that middle place and, and just celebrate diversity and be comfortable in any setting, it's keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. It's adjusting our perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking, it's like, okay, why have we allowed ourselves to become stumbling blocks for people to become the crowd? It's like, it comes down to forgetting the main thing and, yeah. and remembering that we're on mission. We get comfortable in our nice churches with our nice seats and everything is so great that we're like, we forget people are out there dying, Yeah. right? People are out there hopeless and they need what we have. And so our mandate literally as human beings, if you're a Jesus follower, your number one goal is the great commission to mm-hmm. make disciples to who make disciples and, and the process repeats. Mm-hmm. And so like to realign your perspective, whether you're a teacher or working in a church mm. or a firefighter or a cop or an electrician or an accountant 
like whatever you do in your life, if you're just comfortable and complacent in your career doing your thing, like, yeah, you're going to get wrapped up in politics. You're oh, going to yeah. get wrapped up in issues that can be polarized. Mm-hmm. You're going to land on a side. But if you're in that career as a mission field, if you're living your life mm-hmm. to get the gospel out and for people to know Jesus, then he will be the main thing. And yeah. you're not you're not going to become the crowd just trying to have your, you know, one hour on, on Sunday with Jesus yeah. and then just live your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to like, you're going to love everyone. You're yeah. going to be truthful with everyone and all of these things come into play mm-hmm. so and pray for wisdom like i've had moments where i've been like you know what? i don't know if this is the best setting to have this conversation and it's not yeah. me avoiding or just being like oh i'm not brave but like sometimes you just need to know when it is the mm-hmm. right time to talk about those things with people totally and remember that like especially when it comes to politics in this season because there's going to be so many instagram posts and so and so is this like remember that no party is the Jesus party. Yeah. (laughs) Like no part, like even the party I vote for the party, Amelia votes, like no party is the Christian party. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if we all vote different. It's okay if Mark and I vote different. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, right? Like it's, It's, yeah, that's free will. That's that's democracy. democracy. Yeah. (laughs) And I think like something I would add too, just to this whole statement is like, if there's so much pressure to land on a side so we can say something Mm -hmm. because everyone nowadays wants to share their opinion opinion is currency right Mm -hmm. it's like who are you if you're not sharing your opinion but we don't have to share your our opinion you can actually choose not to align you can actually choose to stay silent and that's Mark powerful. will never answer if you mm. ask him what political party he yeah, wants. Yeah, like for. I just don't talk about it. I like, don't even Roberta know. Doesn't even know. You'll, and and it's not that's that I don't trust I you or anything. It's just that there's there's certain things that I feel like I don't have to say things about. Mm-hmm. And I think like to, as as well like we we don't have to make statements, right? Mm-hmm. We're pressured and bullied and backed into a corner to make statements. Mm-hmm. People want to know your answer. They want you to write it down. But like. I think so much healthy growth and dialogue and understanding happens in just like a conversational Mm -hmm. setting. So if you post something on Facebook and someone responds with something that's contradictory to your view, Mm -hmm. don't get into it on Facebook. Like ask them to go for coffee. And I think don't just try to prove your point because that like just shows you don't have a listening spirit, but ask them questions and really try to come where, understand where they're coming from. We were in Las Vegas and our Uber driver was just a mad Donald Trump supporter, loved him. And, and she was bashing other people. Yeah. And so I just asked her, instead of being like, well, why are you bashing these people and, and all of this stuff and, and getting upset? Um, and uh, I was like, well, why do, you, why do you support Donald Trump? Like, what is, what is it that you like about him? And I actually got to learn from her perspective and it actually makes sense, like mm-hmm. why she would like him. And again, I'm not, I'm not drawing any lines or saying what I think um, by, by sharing that story. I'm just saying like, when you ask questions, People will give you answers and you actually begin to understand where they're coming from and it makes sense. And then you can actually appreciate the diversity a whole lot more. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I, I think that's really incredible. I was listening to this interview with Sam Harris, so modern atheist, whatever. Mm, The four horsemen. Sure, whatever. Whatever Whatever that is. But I love, there's an incredible debate between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson. And he was saying, Sam was saying that his, he, he said that the in this middle of this two and a half hour debate, mm-hmm. he's like, the thing I hate about Christians is the dogmatic Christians. Mm-hmm. He hates dogma, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's like, and he even said, I, I have this quote written down somewhere, but he said, um, so I'm going to butcher it. I, I apologize, but you can look it up later. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that if Christians weren't dogmatic, I would be okay with them. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so... I think about that. I'm like, man, there are some things I'm dogmatic about. 
mm-hmm. right? But what are the right things to be dogmatic about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? As Christians, we've got to think, okay, well, I want to be, I'm going to be dogmatic on Jesus's Godhood. Yeah. I'm going to be dogmatic about Christ's death and resurrection and the mm-hmm. fact that, that that was the payment for my sin and that mm-hmm. I could do nothing to, to, to earn it myself, right? I'm going to be dogmatic on Christ's love, but I don't need to be dogmatic on on so many other things. No. I don't need to be dogmatic about my politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be dogmatic about a lot of tertiary theological considerations, mm-hmm. right? I have a lot of room to grow within the boundaries of contemporary Christian orthodoxy yeah. uh, or ancient Christian orthodoxy, mm-hmm. right? There's so many different Christian denominations because the Bible can't be interpreted one way. Yeah. And now that might be a con- like a um, whatever, controversial opinion, but... The reason we have right now a couple thousand Christian denominations mm-hmm. is because in five hundred or 1500s, Martin Luther stood up and said, hey, my God and my conscience, and I believe in sola scriptura, so I can mm-hmm. interpret the Bible however I want. So if you believe that the Reformation was a good idea, then you have to take the fact that you can interpret the Bible differently than somebody beside you. Right. And if you don't believe that, then that's actually a logical fallacy. You yeah. know what I mean? So you got mm-hmm. you to think about that. But So what that means is... <laughs> Just a little side bite for you there. <laughs> that, is a, that is a side bite. But honestly, I think it's important because yeah. all of us as individual Christians, not as a group, but as individuals, we bear the burden of interpreting biblical Christian Orthodox theology for our current time and place. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't mean that you go out of the bounds. There's a lot of room within ancient Christian Orthodoxy. Um to learn yeah. and to have your opinions be shaped and formed and to listen. And to realize right. they'll probably change a lot of your political, like when I think of myself, like even 10 years ago, politically and all those opinions, mm-hmm. they change totally. as you get older, as you read more and you can't just take an opinion and run with it because you saw an Instagram post. Yeah. Or because like, actually, your parents be, believe it yeah. or the people around you believe it. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to like, sound intelligent, read a book a week. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, okay. Mind blown over here. But seriously, like you need to read and you need to research and understand, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is we just hear something from a stage, which it's great. You should always honor and believe your pastors, mm-hmm. but you should be reading the Bible for yourself yeah. and you should be researching and and, and not just that, but even politically, like yeah. let's take it out of the realm of theology. Mm-hmm. Um, even like political views. Um, I love what's happening. Uh, this this happened recently in Canada. This was so funny. Like this was a few months ago uh, about the pipeline, right? right? So there's this pipeline from Alberta, BC. BC people hate the pipeline and their government is adamant on no pipeline. Alberta people need love. the pipeline <laughs> for their economic future. So right. uh, Justin Trudeau was speaking at a town hall, which is like where everyone can ask questions and get to know him or whatever, um, in Kamloops, which mm-hmm. is like right in the middle of BC, but it's close enough that people can drive from Alberta. And it's hilarious because one guy asks a question, he stands up, and I think you can find this video on YouTube, but he says, Justin Trudeau, you're a horrible person because you're destroying our environment because of the pipeline. And everyone yells at him and he's like, mm, yes, yes, I'm so sorry, yes, yes. Then very next question <laughs> is somebody standing up and says, Justin Trudeau, you're a horrible person because you're not supporting Albertan jobs by putting in a pipeline. You're such a horrible person. And Justin Trudeau goes, yes, yes, yes. And they protest. So at the same rally, you have two groups of people who both have 
good intentions right yeah. and well thought out intentions yeah. but for whatever reason they have different motives right, right? but they're both canadians yeah. right both and rooting for canada they're both rooting for canada and in this case both against the prime minister <laughs> right and, and i feel bad for the guy yeah. i'm like there i'm like oh, oh man. man you're screwed like yeah. there's, there's, can't win. that's a no-win situation <laughs> yeah. right and so so we have to think that even politically, on every decision, there are people on both sides oh, who have totally. well thought out opinions yeah. and, and are really, really intellectual, who have years of research yes. behind them, right? Yes. Like there's not not every political opinion is stupid. No. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and th that's what makes them controversial. And that's why there's a debate, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they so we, equal value. It's true. And like, and they're often formed based on what best serves you yeah, and person. your family. Yeah, right? totally. So if you benefit from the liberal government, you're like, I like these policies. Of course you're going to vote for you're them. Vote but if them. you've been hurting because of the liberal government, you're going to vote for you're going to vote for someone else and yeah. like that's okay and that's the beauty of democracy right right that's the beauty of of just the country that we live in mm -hmm. and the time that we live in is we can just function amongst mm -hmm. all of this difference and like mm -hmm. people can have different hair colors and skin colors and and just we can different celebrate anything it. Yeah. and different so, ideas different right? ideas and that's the, and that's the beauty and i really think that we have rejected or we've, we've forgotten how easy it is to be democratic in Canada. Mm. Like we forgot the blessing it is, right? Yeah. It Like we we literally have the chance, like democracy is, in Canada especially is almost like a one-to-one -one who believes it, that a certain person should be in power is in power. Yeah. And if you complain that your policy didn't go through or you, the person you didn't get in power was in power, it's like, well, then you should run. You should, it's inc yeah. did you know that in Canada to run for office for to run to be an MP and sit in the House of Commons right across from Justin Trudeau all you have to be is 18 years old and a Canadian citizen crazy you don't need to speak French you don't need any <laughs> education you don't need a house or a social insurance number don't need to be a man you don't need to be a or man be white. or be white <laughs> you can literally the only thing you need to do is convince people to vote for you yeah. so if you if you're mad well then clearly your idea isn't good enough for enough people to agree with you. Yeah. So and that's the truth. <laughs> oh, I heard. <laughs> Dropping some truth bombs. Right? Like, yeah. but because that's how democracy works, yeah. right? Um, I read this book uh, called... Shout out. Uh, yeah. I'm so well read. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know what? One of the many books. One of the many books I read. <laughs> no, this one, actually, this one blew my mind. I, I will return to it. But uh, a guy named Jacques Rousseau from the French... He was, he's essentially the father of socialism yes, and, and the yeah. left thought, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. He writes about kind of the general will and the body politic. And his idea is that in democracy, like the government's decisions are just an expression of the people's will, right? Mm -hmm. That's purely what it is. Um, and that's his fundamental basis. And he says, well, we have to, so the work of the government or the work of uh, what we should do is try to change the will of the people and then the country changes, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like the government is a tyranny that isn't you because the government in a de democratic society that's properly functioning, mm -hmm. like I believe Canada is, is you. Yeah. It's yeah. Your, it's an expression of you and yeah. the general will of the people, right? And this guy isn't, a, he's not a conservative critic. This is the father of modern socialism right. saying this, right? So I think a few things Canadians or Canadian Christians get like freaked out about, marijuana legalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're mad that marijuana got legalized, that shouldn't be something the church should get mad about. We should see that as a signal that most Canadians don't agree with the position that we hold yeah. or that you as your church hold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and then that should inform how we teach instead right. of getting mad. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm dying on a hill about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like So all of those things. Um, 
and, and that being said, I think understanding the government like that means that it actually provides hope for the church mm. because the church is primarily concerned with changing your heart mm. and changing your will. Mm. And the result of the church and how we interact with politics, I think it's, it's that our job isn't to um, lobby and advocate for policy changes, mm-hmm. but we get a chance to every single day see people come closer to Jesus mm-hmm. and watch their soul transform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as the general will of our nation changes, as the church grows, and as mm-hmm. the kingdom and the empire of Christ grows, mm-hmm. then we have an opportunity to see our, our nation change politically. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you don't love whoever's in office or who's currently prime minister, who if it changes, you still need to respect that person. Mm. And I think that's also a thing. It's like, Justin Trudeau, you suck. <laughs> like, I think it's okay to say you disagree with him, to be like, I don't agree with a lot of his policies. But like, as Christians, like if we want the people around us to respect us, we should also be respectful to people. Ooh, so that's good. I've, Another truth. I've met people like, you know, I've seen different people in office that I don't agree with. But if I were to ever meet them, you better believe I'll shake their hand. I'll thank them for serving, you know, mm-hmm. in this way. Because you need to still honor people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just go around being like sharing all these like little snippets of how you don't like this political person. <laughs> you know how they do that on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Trudeau fail. <laughs> and Honestly, it's like, some of the ads this year have been crazy. There were some ads playing on the NBA finals or whatever that were just random. Oh, yeah. They were so those, yeah. savage. Doesn't pass the test. <laughs> I was like, who filmed this? Like, who scripted? Like, this is, this is crazy. Right and now. obviously, like, the li- like, liberals have put out of ones against Andrew yeah, Scheer. It's, it's both, both sides. sides. Yeah. yeah. So just but be respectful. Like, whether you like your premier or your prime minister or your mayor, the reality is they're running the country or they're and, running your city or they're running your mm-hmm. province. And you're you're a Jesus follower. Yes. That is your identity. You're a child mm-hmm. of God. Are you God. hating on someone like you're that? You're not... That, that is not who you are. You are not a conservative or a liberal yes. speaking to the parties or NDP mm-hmm. or whatever. You're not this or that. You're a child of God. Yeah. Yeah. If we it, transcend those group identities. Yeah. Yeah. And Should the we... primary group identity is the empire that Jesus came exactly. to build, the kingdom, the kingdom, right? And it's okay to disagree. Absolutely. It's okay to vote however you want to vote. Beautiful mm-hmm. part of our country. Um, but please pray for them mm-hmm. and respect them and honor and them. That's biblical. Because that's what you're actually called mm-hmm. to do. So sharing videos or getting upset like i don't know it just doesn't maybe i mean do it in good taste yeah totally like i've probably liked posts and people are like oh why'd she like that post is she this political Mm. person and i'm like i've been more careful now what i like because you don't want to just like put out a vibe all the time but Mm -hmm. (laughs) because sometimes yeah like people can get that but at the same time like yeah honor people yeah you we're still free this doesn't mean don't ever share your opinions don't ever share your thoughts please share just do it i mean i want to hear your ideas i want to hear everyone's Mm -hmm. ideas but remember uh, that all these people are human. And like every single person is loved by God. And yeah. our goal, again, is the gospel to let people know like you're loved by God too. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up this conversation, uh, do either of you have any kind of final thoughts that you want to leave, leave leave, with the people? Yeah, I think just, I don't know. I feel like Emilio and I feel like we've gotten a lot from this podcast. This has been a really good this conversation. Really good. Yeah. So DM Emilio. Emilio, he gave you his Instagram. <laughs> yes, please do. I'll, I check my DMs regularly. <laughs> Anytime I walk away from a conversation with Emilio, I'm always like, oh, wow, I need to read more. <laughs> like my mind gets blown. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. I think the last thing I'd say, just a practical consideration, is just a quote from Jesus that I absolutely love when he says, like he sends the 72 disciples out, mm-hmm. right? He sends them out a few times, but the second time he sends them out is he says, hey, 
you got to be as gentle as doves and as shrewd as vipers. Mm-hmm. I think I switched that around. I think snake it's snake birds. Yeah, you got to be a snake <laughs> bird, which is hilarious. But I, but but that's crazy, right? Like we don't think about Jesus saying that often. Mm. But it's you got to be shrewd as a viper. Mm. Like be smart. Yeah, I, I think there is. I, I think we need to be smarter as Christians. Mm. I do think we need to read more and we, and mm-hmm. think through what we're what we do. And, and our actions more carefully. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good for all of us, including myself. Um, and then the big challenge for me is to be gentle. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I am I don't trend towards gentle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I can be shrewd and maybe I trend that way, but I don't trend towards gentle. And I love how Jesus says, hold these two things in tension. Yeah. Be yeah. somebody who does both. Mm-hmm. So get yourself someone who can do both. Yeah, and I think like I would say as we wrap up, going back to what you said at the beginning about zooming out, having that 30,000 foot perspective, mm-hmm. I think life moves so quickly. We're always on the go. We're, we're on our phones. We're reading this. We're seeing that. We're talking to this person, hearing that, all this stuff. We're mm-hmm. just moving, moving, moving. And we're, we don't know it, but very often, I mean, all the time we're absorbing ideas. Mm-hmm. And, and these ideas are being cemented into like what we actually believe. But if we could stop for a moment, yeah. take that zoom out see what's happening in the bigger picture yeah. and really check our hearts, see what's happening in our hearts. How is our philosophy being shaped? What ideologies are being formed within us? Mm-hmm. Um, how are we responding to different people and all of that stuff? So I think uh, to summarize all that, it would be slow down every once in a while. Yeah. And really mm-hmm. think about this stuff. Yeah. Not just when it's election time, but just in every single issue, mm-hmm. every single area. Uh, slow down, really analyze your heart and, and invite God in to search mm-hmm. your heart as well. Um, so yeah, this has been so good. good, Pastor Mark. Wow, <laughs> powerful, powerful. Wow. Uh, Emilio, thank you so much for being yes, with us. Thank you. Such a pleasure to have you. We guys, love you guys. Thanks, thanks so much. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Bye.